Well, today is the special day. It's the spring equinox. From now on, days are going to be longer and lighter and brighter. I'm sure that as we move out of lockdown and in towards the spring, we're hoping that things will be lighter and brighter for us too. As we move into this new phase, this new era, I think there are two issues that we as individuals, as families and as churches face. The first is change and the second is confidence. Acts chapter 10 gives us a really good case study of transition and change. You see, from chapters 1 to 9 in Acts, everything's been centred in Jerusalem. Everything's been centred around the Jews. Everything's been centred around Peter's ministry. But now, as we move from 9 into chapter 10 and then into 11, from 11 onwards, it's all about Antioch. It's moved from Jerusalem to Antioch. The whole focus has moved from the ministry of Peter to the ministry of Paul. And the whole focus has moved from ministry amongst the Jews to ministry amongst the Gentiles. And so chapter 10 is a great case study for us in how to move from the old to the new. It's about transition. And here we find three important principles uh, that will help us to move from what was into what is going to be. And the first and most crucial is vision. We begin with a vision. God plants something in us. He gives us a new dream, a new vision, and he stirs up our hearts and our souls and our spirits. Peter's vision in chapter 10, verse 11, is very clear, and yet it's very challenging. Listen to these words in verse 11. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared as impure or unclean. This was a clear vision, and yet it challenged the very heart of his beliefs. Peter was there on a rooftop. He saw this huge sheet come down with all these animals that he shouldn't eat, and God says, eat them. This challenged every element of him. That's what God does. We need a vision for the future. We can't dwell in the past. We have to let go of the past. We need a new vision and a new direction and a new meaning and new things in our lives and our hearts and our ministries and our churches. Peter, secondly, is obedient. A little bit later in the chapter we read this. Verse 17, Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then, men from Cornelius found Simon's house standing outside the gate. They asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, uh, get up go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Wow. I don't know if you... Uh, Followed all of that, but Peter was puzzled. He was trying to work out what this vision meant. And now these servants come from a Roman officer named Cornelius. He sent them and said, God's told me that you're going to tell me something really important, some good news. Can you come and speak to me? And so Peter obeyed God's call. God said, go with them, go, go without hesitation. Go and tell them the good news. 
he obeyed. And as we receive a vision, as we as God speaks to us and gives us a new dream, a new perspective on the future, we need to obey what he's saying. When Peter gets to Cornelius' house, he's got a surprise waiting for him. Because here, as he walks into this Gentile's house, which was really challenging for a Jew, he doesn't just see Cornelius, but there's a whole family there, eager and waiting, listening to what he's got to say. And the servants, the whole household, a number of people. He was expecting to see one or two, but here's the, the house full of people eager to hear the good news. Then he's astonished to hear that God had also Cornelius a vision too. And then the whole group were eager to hear. That was a surprise. And now as Peter preaches, by the time we reach verse 44, the Holy Spirit falls and many are saved and filled with the Spirit. Transition comes when we receive a vision from God, a new vision for the future. When we obey what he's telling us to do and when we seize the opportunity to do something great for God. We'll now move over to chapter 18. Now, in chapter 18, we have a case study of how God can build our confidence in difficult times. Verse 1 says this, Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy and his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported the Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them there, for they were tent makers. Paul had had a difficult and disappointing time lately. His recent missions had been a little bit disappointing and it was challenging. He'd come to a point in his ministry in his life where things were difficult and things were empty and things hadn't worked out and things had been rough. And now he'd left Athens and come to Corinth, which was a difficult city and a difficult church. And he faced opposition from everywhere, from the authorities right the way through to the, the Judaizers who were following what he was doing and, and criticising him. And now, in verse 10, God speaks. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid, speak out. Don't be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack or harm you, for many people in this city belong to me. This verse tells us what was on Paul's heart. He was fearful. He was fearing harm. He'd been beaten and flogged and attacked so many times. It seems as if he'd had enough. He was fearful and fearful of harm. He's wondering, why, why bother to speak? It's not doing anything. It's not doing any good. I'm not bearing any fruit. And now God speaks to him and builds his confidence. You see, Paul is right at the seems right at the bottom of his experience. And he's needing encouragement. And God gives this precious encouragement. If we are going to move through transition from this empty space in our lives of the last year, we need to build our confidence. 
And there are two things that God uses to build confidence. In verse 1 and 2, we read that he, he partnered up, he, he began to, to fellowship and meet with Priscilla and Aquila. They were Christians, they were great Christians. They lived the life and Paul lived with them and worked with them and ministered with them. He surrounded himself, he connected with other Christians. People who will encourage you, who will feed you, who will provoke and challenge your faith. Listen, if you're going to build confidence, the first thing you need to do is meet with other Christians who will refresh you, not draw you down, not drain you. The first thing that God gives us to encourage us and to build our confidence is people who will refresh us. And the second thing he, God gave him was a vision. It's a great vision, isn't it? God spoke to him. God knew where he was. He knew how he felt. This was just a man working for God. And yet God knew exactly the fears and the thoughts of his heart and mind. God spoke encouragement and direction. Listen to what he says. Do not fear. You will not be harmed. God promises him protection for the future. Then God says, I am with you. God promises his presence. And then God says, I have many people here who belong to me. He promises him purpose and he promises him productivity. God speaks to those things that were worrying Paul, that were dragging him down. God, have you left me? Have you forgotten me? Are you here? And God says, yes, I'm here. My presence is here. I'm with you. God, will you protect me? Am I going to be beaten and attacked and opposed yet again? And God says, don't fear. You know what? You won't be harmed. And he says, God, God, the last few ministries, the last few missions have not been very successful. Is there any point in me speaking? Is there any point? Is there any fruit in my work? Is there any value? And God says, there are many here who are mine. You have a purpose and a productivity. Let God stir your heart. Let God speak to you and encourage you. Let God give you a new vision that will equip you and promote you and, uh, and stimulate you and provoke you into the future. We're here because God has placed us here. And he's placed us here for his glory. Let's be stirred with that vision. Let's surround ourselves with people who will encourage our faith. And let's obey what he calls us to do. May the Lord bless you. Amen.